and the, and the work that they did for the kingdom and getting back together with some previous friends and family that we used to worship the Lord together with and just seeing that family connection, just like we had never left. Amen? No matter, it doesn't matter. We're, we're not fellowshipping there any longer. But the, the, the DNA is the same. Amen? You, you ever come in contact with someone, you're like, that's my brother from another mother? Or my sister from another mister? Right? Like, you know, you know, like, man, there's something going on here. Like, it doesn't matter what your ethnicity is. Right? It doesn't matter what the color of your skin is. It doesn't matter what your culture was. It, none of that matters because you have the same Christ in you who is the hope of glory. Amen? So you have that, that connection. And uh, so I'm very thankful for that. I'm thankful that God um, knows what he's doing. And he, and he said from the start that I'm, I'm going to build a family. Amen? He wanted to have many sons and daughters. And he wanted to empower us and equip us and give us a new DNA. How many know your, your, your natural DNA is pretty faulty? <laughs> Amen? Like the older I'm getting, I'm seeing that more and more so, that, that this DNA is pretty lousy, really, the natural part. And thank you that, that we can strengthen it. Amen? Thank you that, that we can equip it. Thank you that, that, yes, this body is falling apart, but at the same time, God has told, hey, you're my temple. He dwells in us. I have been having such a greater revelation of that this last year and studying Revelation and looking at the temple and looking at what the priests would do. And you didn't just throw anything in there. Hello? You got to be careful about how you, you go and, and handle your business and conduct your business going into the temple of God. Amen? So we need to be thoughtful about what we're doing with this temple. Amen? Amen. So thank you, James. Thank you for offering that opportunity. Um, I, think, I think it's very timely. I think in a, in a world where health um, we're seeing is taking care of yourself is going to pay dividends. Amen? Like, it's sad to me that the media, they're not pushing that. Like, hey, you should go outside. You should exercise. You should get healthy. You should come out from being locked up. You should be looking at some vitamins. You, there's other ways that you can be building your, your body's resistance. And we heard what, a couple weeks ago, Dr. Paul talked about that it's a 20, 30% increase in your uh, immune system by praying in tongues. How many have been praying in tongues more? If you're wise, you will. Amen? Amen. So I'm not preaching out of Revelation today, even though it, it does land under the, the covering. It's eschatology. And I'm going to be preaching today mostly out of the book of Timothy. Um, Paul was speaking to Timothy, and, and why we're doing this is, is this title would be conditions that would have to precede the second coming. Okay, we've looked at some of the cosmic signs and some of the physical signs, but I'm gonna, I want you guys to see today because I think it's very important that the church understands what day we're in. Why are we going? Why are we studying Revelation? Why are we, why are we some people say, harping on this? Because I'm still not convinced that people understand the time and the day that we're living in. And I love you enough to tell you. There's lots of different ways to show love. I think the greatest way you can show love is that you tell me the truth. Amen? Don't tell me you love me if you know I got a booger. And you don't go, hey, pastor, you need to take care of that. Well, thank you. Don't let me walk around all day long like that. Is it the truth? Yes. Does it need to be dealt with? Yes. 
We're in a day, and now I want to tell you the truth. We're in a day that, that Paul was saying, listen to me, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 through 3. Look at that first word, now. Can everyone say that with me? Now. The Spirit expressly says, say that. Who says? When? Who's speaking right now? What's he saying? That in latter times, some will depart from the faith. Let's, let's look at what's latter times. How do we know latter times is now? The day the church was birthed at Pentecost, that began the last days. I know that because Paul's speaking, I think this is 64 AD, and he's speaking, and actually the Spirit expressly saying, in latter times, some will depart from the faith. The latter times started when the Pentecost started, when the baptism of the Holy Spirit fell upon the church, and the church was birthed. That's latter times. So who's speaking right now? Expressly says, expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith. Now that's going to, right there, we have controversy. Can you believe it? The Bible's controversial. There is a lot of people who think that you cannot depart from the faith if you're a Christian. Who's this letter written to? The church. Who's speaking to the church right now? Can the Holy Spirit lie? Now, the Spirit expressly says that in latter times. What times are we in? Some will depart from the faith. Not all. Some will depart from the faith. Pastor, how is that going to happen? I don't understand. I'm so glad the Holy Spirit's letting us know. Giving heed to deceiving spirits. That means you have to attend. You have to sit at the feet of. You have to give your attendance to what? Deceiving spirits. Not the, not the Holy Spirit. Now, how did, this isn't just going to happen. You are going to attend to. You're going to hear and go, oh, well, that sounds good. Oh, what's that? Who? Oh, have you heard this guy, that guy, that guy, this guy? In a day and age, there are so many things you could be listening to. Who should we be listening to? Well, I'd say we need to listen to the Spirit who expressly says and tells the truth that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits. And what? Doctrines of what? You know, the, the Holy Spirit doesn't have a problem telling it how it is. This is pretty plain. I'm going to expressly tell you in latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and to doctrines of demons. Let me tell you, not every doctrine is a good doctrine. Not every doctrine was conceived by the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of good people with bad doctrine. Not all theology came from God. It might be a study of God, but it doesn't mean it's from Him. Any theology that says something different than this is error. And, ooh, who, who conspired it? Who come up with it then? That was, you guys are not very... This is simple. If it's a false doctrine, if it's not the truth, then this is telling me it was derived by deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Let's, let's just say how it is. 
Does that, does that get your attention? Is that strong? It's super strong. And you know, you have to attend to that to be deceived by it. And there's been a lot, how many, how many think there's been a lot of deception in these latter times? I wonder how that's happening. Because there ain't people going, hey guys, you need to get in your word. This word, the Spirit is expressly telling us that in this day, before Jesus comes back, many are going to give heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. How many of you would sit down and, and with an encanter, go get your fortune told, or sit down with uh, a Wiccan and, and, and have some, oh, well, this sounds good. Does it have to just be to that extreme? No, and you're going, Pastor Steve, you're getting... I'm not. The Spirit expressly says. I'm reading Scripture. I'm not coming up with... If it's a different doctrine, or that if it's saying and teaching that people can't depart from the faith, that it's a doctrine of demons, the Word of God is saying that. This message is going to get your attention. It, it, you know what? This message is going to put you either here or here. You're either going to agree with what the Word of God says, or you're going to say, I think you went too far, and you're going to take your stance over here. And you know what, church? You better get used to it. The Holy Spirit is requiring us in this day and age to pick a side. Pick a side. Are you going to stand with truth, or are you going to be deceived? And thank God that he's separating the two. He's shining his light. He's making things very clear. This is light and this is darkness. This is life and this is death. This is fruit. This is a barren tree. And we want to we put bows and ribbons and, and call things that are evil as if they're not. So we don't hurt people's feelings. I hope I hurt your feelings. Seriously, I, it's not my intent, but if it means hurt your feelings so that you're not sitting at the feet of the doctrines of demons and deceiving spirits, I hope your feelings get hurt. I hope your soul is safe. Feelings can't always be trusted. I pray you'll get over your feelings. If the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, you will get over your feelings. Doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy. What's that mean? Not speaking the truth and not living by it. Having their own consciences seared with a hot iron. Their own conscience. People who are going, that are being deceived and people that are teaching these things, their consciences get seared with a hot iron. What is seared? Carterized. That's what the Greek word means. Carterized. What happens when you carterize something? You kill it. Sensation, feeling, go away. Sensitivity, go away. It becomes hard. Anyone know anyone like that? Anyone know any people like that that are called Christians? This tells me that can happen. How? Because they've departed from what? They have departed, giving heed to, listening to, 
How many people know that there are deceiving spirits all the time? Oh, well, you know, well, James talked about the pastor sitting by me. Well, he doesn't ever sit down by me and say anything. That's a deceiving spirit. That's not the Holy. I will promise you, the Holy Spirit isn't saying that garbage to you. Well, nobody's called. I just don't feel connected. Well, have you been here? I hear that. Well, I just don't feel connected. How many parts does it take to be connected? Depart. I don't feel connected. Uh, well, you departed. That's a deceiving spirit. I don't feel How can you not be connected to the body of Christ if you're a body of Christ? That's a deceiving spirit. You're being deceived. And the Holy, the Holy Spirit is saying, don't be departed. The enemy wants to depart you. Why? Because Christ in you is the hope of glory, and the body and the church needs you, and you need the church. So he's going to separate any way possible way he can in this latter time. And people being bitter, and people being, the first things that start happening is murmuring. Go back and read Exodus 15. They, God parts the waters, the Red Sea, God parts the Red Sea for them. They get to, was it Merah? The waters were bitter. They're grumbling and complaining. God just parted the Red Sea. And they're complaining right off the bat. You think the Old Testament's there for us? I will promise you it is. He's trying to teach us, hey, don't do what they did. I want to do some major things. And in the midst of it, you're going to be tempted to start murmuring and complaining and looking at one another. Well, shoot, way back then, we did this, that, and the other. Stop it. That's a, de that's a deceiving spirit. Don't give it attendance. Don't sit down and go, oh, I'm going to get some popcorn. Oh, that was good. <laughs> well, you know, I, I do feel that way. Stop it with your feelings. What's the truth? You know, if I went by my feelings, oh, good Lord. Let's be real. If you operated out of feelings, I'd be in jail. I'd kill half the people on the road. I'd mount a gun on my car. And I would feel justified. You can't go by feelings. What's the truth say? The truth is, Steve. You're a new creation. That is not thoughts of me. Those are demonic thoughts. Do not entertain those. Don't sit down at the feet and go, oh, that feels good. I feel justified. Tell me more. That word, that's why we're in immerse. Immerse in the word of God. How many of you, if you've been immersing in the word of God, it's actually talking to you. The word of God's actually like giving you a mirror and you're going, whoa, I, man, I need it. And oh my God, that's exciting. And oh, I got some work to do, but praise God, I'm getting better. It's not going to tell you like, well, keep doing that. That's a doctrine of demons. And we're not going to get very far today. <laughs> and, and then our consciences get seared. 
And the truth is coming, and the Holy Spirit's trying to talk to us and tell us, and it's going, ba-doing, ba-doing, ba-doing. And I watch it happen. You're going, what's going on? I know that was truth. Ba-doing. It's just bouncing off because it's been seared, carterized. Having their own conscience. What's conscience? It's the knowledge of God. Con is with science, knowledge. Every one of us born, made with a conscience, with the knowledge of God. And the enemy wants to sear it and harden it. So that when the truth comes to that knowledge and it confirms, it goes, oh, that's truth. It just bounces off. It doesn't ever get there. And then it says they, with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods. And some of you go, what the heck? That's just, they just went in, they went deceived. And instead of just going like into running amok and having 20 wives and eating, they went into legalism, which is just as bad. They went out of truth. They got deceived. They were being forbidden things that God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Let me show you something. How does that top half not happen? I'll tell you, it's in the last four words in that, five words in that, that verse. Believe and know the truth. If you believe and know the truth, none of the first half can happen. Church. Now the Spirit expressly says, Who? How many, how, many, how many ever do well arguing with the Holy Spirit? <laughs> Ain't going to go well. You would think Paul's describing the condition of the lost world. Not the church. But he's not. Why do you think that's written? You think God loves you enough to warn you? You think, you think the Holy Spirit loves you enough to warn you to say, hey, church, pay attention. In the latter days, he's in it's the Spirit expressly saying, Paul's not saying, look, this is what this. He just says flat out, look, if, there's no question. And here's a whole other thing. This is free. Ha, have you not noticed in this day and age people are wanting to doubt the word of God? Believers, Christians are starting to be like, well, actually, I don't know if it's all inspired. I don't know, like, you know, there's, stop it. Oh, my Lord, there's so many, I'm, I'm so, I'm like, oh, good Lord, help me. Christians, every word inspired. Inspired by who? Every word is inspired, plenary verbal inspiration. That's what that means. Every word inspired, every word God breathed. We need to honor his word. People are trying to add other books now and take stuff out. Stop with your questions about the book of Enoch. The book of Enoch's not in the Bible for a reason. It's not canonized. Why? What makes the Old Testament that we know it's the Old Testament? This is easy. Jesus never spoke of the book of Enoch. Jesus in the New Testament never said a word about the book of Enoch. He did all the other books in the Old Testament. Settles it. 
Is there history in the book of Enoch? Yes. Is there some things were written by Enoch? Possibly. But the book of Enoch was not even written to like a hundred parts of it a hundred years before Jesus. Enoch was long gone by then. So then other people are writing the book, which is the truth. There's two or three different people you can, that have written in the book of Enoch. It's not scripture. Is there history? Is it referenced? Yeah, there's, there's other parts of the Bible that reference other historical books. That doesn't mean they're scripture. If they were, they'd be in there. Okay, praise God. This is the word of God. I believe every single word of it. Every single word. It's inspired by God. It was the men were led by the Holy Spirit, guided by the Holy Spirit to write. And it's powerful. That's not in my notes. Praise God. Well, deceiving spirits. That word in the Greek is planos. Deceiving of their of uncertain affinity, roving as a tramp. An imposter or misleader, deceiver, a seducer. That sounds familiar. Roving. We have, what, what's the Satan do? He comes roving as a lion, seeking whom he can devour. Is he an imposter, a deceiver? Yes. These are spirits that are alongside of him. And they are roving. Church, do not think that there's not deceiving spirits sitting in here and flying out amongst you. People are like, oh, well, the devil can't come to church. Oh, stop it. He's not afraid of the church. He's afraid of Christ in you. He knows the word. He's not afraid to hear the word. Well, he can't come. You stop it. He'll, he'll come here and try to disrupt as much as we'll allow him to. But we have power. It's called dunamis power. And we have authority. And we can tell him, I bind you in the name of Jesus. Not in my power, in the name of Jesus. He's given us his name that's above every name. And at that name, everything must bow. So you got to know the word. And then more than just know it, you got to step out in it and put it to work. So I bind and cancel every deceiving, lying spirit that's in this place today. And I declare Jesus is king. And where he is, I am with him. And I am in him and he is in me. And I cancel every negative thought and lie of deception. I will not sit at the feet of the deceiving spirits. I will recognize the truth because the truth sets me free. And his word is truth. Not CNN. Not the news agencies. There is it. Everything is lies. Be careful what's coming in. Be careful what you're sitting. The only thing you should be sitting down and receiving and taking as truth is the word of God. Everything. Let man is a liar. God is not a liar. God's not a man that he can lie. He is the truth. He is the same. He will not change on you. The truth of today is, give us two weeks. Well, that's a lie. Put your mask on. That's going to stop the sickness. Well, that was a lie. Get the shot. It's going to keep you for a, at least a year. No. you're about, And I'm not telling you to do You better seek the Holy Spirit about that stuff. I'm not the Holy Spirit. But I know that's the truth. And it doesn't change. 
And what people are saying are the truth keeps changing. That's how I know it ain't the truth. The truth doesn't change. No matter if it was a day or 10 years, it don't change. So if it keeps changing, it's not the truth. And if that offends you, no, I'm not. I'm not going to apologize. It's the truth. Does Jesus apologize for being the truth? You can dress it up. You can put lipstick on it. You can, it's still a pig. You can teach it how to bark like a dog. You can put whatever pronoun you want on it. It ain't the truth. I'm not deceived. Deception comes from deceptive spirits. Don't entertain them. Don't sit at their feet. Don't give them their attention. Don't give them audience. Hello? Don't let them hold your mind. We need to recognize when it's not the truth. No, I'm not giving you my mind. The Spirit of God is saying this. I'm not saying this. The Spirit of God is saying this. Some will depart from the faith, and those that do will have a conscience seared and insensitive to truth and swing from one extreme to the other. Lawlessness to legalism. And you know what? The deceiving spirits don't care which side you go. I've seen just as much evil and legalistic things as I've seen as lawlessness of people running them. Actually, it's probably better. It's better. It, I've, that legalistic stuff is harder to catch. It presents itself as truth and looks, it's all dressed up even nice. It's got a nice tie, fancy dresses. Everything's, oh, yes. Oh, that's an evil spirit, let me tell you. Just as evil as running amok, having 15 wives and four husbands and whoever knows what else in this day and age. At least that's not even pretending to be godly. But it'll swing back and forth. Deception don't care which way you land. As long as your conscience gets carterized. To be rendered insensitive. If there's some stinging going on, praise God for that. That means your conscience isn't seared. If you get in front of the word of God or you hear good godly preaching and your toes get stepped on once in a while and you feel a little like, ooh, praise God for that. That means your, your conscience isn't seared. And when you hear the truth and it doesn't, if you're sitting in a, I'm going to tell you straight up. If you come to church and it ain't my job to step on your toes or try to prick none of you or get you uncomfortable but if you sit in church for very long and the Holy Spirit doesn't ever get your attention or put his finger on something, and you need to find somewhere where it does. Or you need to check your conscience. Because I'll tell you what, I listen to good preaching and I, hear, I get convicted by my own messages. I got to deal with it all week long before I ever get up here. The Holy Spirit pricks my heart. It's not seared. It used to be. How do we overcome this condition? Got to believe and know the truth. 
hey, I'm going to drop something else on you. Might as well do that now. We don't have 100 people saved yet. We don't have 100 people saved yet this year. That's ridiculous. I'm going to tell you flat out, that's ridiculous. We have over 100 people attend this church between both services. That's only one person per person. No one's excused. How are we going to be call ourselves a Christian and we can't, we're not going to lead anyone to Christ in these latter days knowing that he's about to show up? Your heart should be burning inside of you for the lost. We have even provided classes, courses, teaching. Come on, church. I'm not trying to spank you. I'm, just, I'm bringing some truth. Who's exempt from the gospel? Who's exempt from going to the world and make disciples? Who's exempt from loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? Loving your neighbor as you love yourself. Who's exempt from that? No one. Every single one. You say, well, that's, I'm not, it's, it's not my call. I'm not called to be an evangelist. Really? I'm not saying you got to go like every weekend and take a cross and walk across the country. Do, you, do we not? Like, if we really believe that Jesus is good, we really believe that he's our healer. We really believe he's the one who raised from the dead and wants to love on people like they've never been loved, set people free from the things that are in bondage. We'd want to share that if we believe it. It's called good news, church. You should never feel guilty about sharing good news. You should never feel bad about... Now, if you're not quite sure, you're going to be very uneasy. You ever try to sell something to somebody that you know is really not that good? You're not going to be too confident about it. You're not going to be too bold about that. But what if you actually believe it? Tell anyone, I don't care. I don't, it doesn't matter what you think about it. I know he's good. He lifted me from the pit of despair. He set my feet on a new... I do not care what your opinion is about that. I know what he did for me. If you reject that, that's on you. But I got something good. His name's Jesus. And you would be smart if you received him. The fool says there's no God. So it is dumb to not receive Jesus. Or to think like, well, there's no such thing as God. Or people, well... If God really cared, how come he isn't doing something about this? He did. He went to the cross 2,000 years ago. What do you mean he didn't do nothing about this? I don't know how far we'll get in this one. In the last times, Peter told, or Paul told Timothy, people will have a form of godliness, but deny its power. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 7. But know this, and you know this, man. But know this. That in the when? Last days. Where are we at? Last days. Okay, so he's talking to us. 
Perilous times will come. Another way in the Greek says ferocious, fierce times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money. Boasters. Proud. Blasphemers. Disobedient to parents. Unthankful. Oh, my Lord. Unthankful. Unholy. Un... That's a lot of uns. Unloving. Unforgiving. And just so we're clear, none of those uns should be fruits of yours or mine. That's like the demonic fruit of the evil spirit. Slanderers. Without self-control. Brutal. Despisers of God. Good. Well, God's good. Despisers of good and God. Traitors. Headstrong. Haughty. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And from such people, turn away. Don't change it. But know this, in the last days, perilous times will come. We're here. These are the signs. These are the things that Paul is telling Timothy. Timothy, I need you to watch for these. People are going to be deceived. They're going to fall away from faith. They're going to be deceived by doctrines of demons. In the last days, Timothy, times will come where this will be the norm. The one that gets me the most, that really hits me hard, is they will be lovers of themselves over lovers of God. They will have a form of godliness, but denying its power. And from such people turn away. Having a form of godliness, that means they will be religious, but denying its power. That is the Greek word dunamis. Circle that word. Dunamis. It's the same word in Acts 1.8 that Luke said, Jesus, and you will receive dunamis when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, to the ends of the earth. They were asking Jesus, hey, when are you going to establish the kingdom? When, when is that going to happen? We're like, we're, he says, my father knows those dates and times. And he don't even, he just goes on. But you will receive power when the Holy, you will receive dunamis. He told the disciples, go and wait. Don't go anywhere. Don't go start evangelizing until you are endued, and that endued means clothed in, stepping into clothed, endued with power, dunamis. Listen to me, church. The church was birthed because of the dunamis being poured out on the church. That is what, the day of Pentecost, that's what happened. That's the birth of the church. Now, how hard is this to figure out? If Satan can take the power of God that birthed the church out of the church, it's a dead church. It's a church that has a form of godliness, but denies its power. 
That's like, that's like the same spirit behind abortion. It's the same spirit that tried to take Moses out. It's the same, that is the same spirit. It's worse though because it dresses up and it has church on Sunday. Are you seeing what I'm seeing? Has a form of godliness, but denies its power. And in this day and age, I have all kinds of people saying that I need to be joining and having fellowship, and we need to get all the pastors together. I even had a, someone I like, I really love, and another, a lot of that's going on right now. Stop. And, and, I, and I've responded a couple of times to like, I don't, I don't believe that's right. I don't sense that in my spirit. Like the Holy Spirit's not telling me that. And then this is what the Lord shows me. Church, how can we have fellowship and agreement with believers who deny the power of the Holy Spirit? Now, you, you guys, there's some people looking at me kind of strange. That doesn't mean I can't go stand in front of an abortion clinic with them. I'll go do that. I'll agree with you on that. But we cannot have agreement. We cannot, you cannot blaspheme the Holy Spirit, and I can't call you brother. Are you following me? You deny the power, the dunamis, that birthed the church in this age. Jesus said, don't even speak ill of the Holy Spirit. That's blaspheming. How are you not blaspheming the Holy Spirit if you say, in this day and age, the signs and the power of God, the miraculous, stopped with the apostles. It did not stop with the apostles. You're denying the power of the church, the power of God, the power of the gospel. Jesus told the disciples, don't go anywhere until I endue you with dunamis. He says, in the last days, they will have in the same group. Are you following me? This is in the same group as unthankful, boasters, proud, Lovers of themselves over lovers of God, lovers of money. Same group of people having a form of godliness but denying the power. Is it not? From such people what? From such people what? Did, am I making this up? That word, turn away, in the Greek means to recoil. If someone, if you were a pitcher and you're on the pitcher's mound and you throw a 95 mile an hour fastball and some stud line drives that sucker right back at you and that ball now is traveling like 120 miles an hour, you would go. <laughs> That's what that word means. Turn away. It is a fast, re like a re you reflex. Boom. Any of that. That means you recognize right away, oh, that's not the truth. I'm not going to sit and get deceived by that doctrine of demons. You guys following me? Are you, you guys are still here. Praise God. I was kind of surprised this morning. I said, I've been, uh, I've been excited to preach this and scared all at the same time. That's how I know it's the Lord. Excited and scared. Oh, God, what are you going to make me do this week? You want me to tell them what? Ain't no one going to like this. That's all right, as long as he does. He likes it, let me tell you what. He's super happy. 
I knew that this morning. Turn away. Does that mean you have to run around and go, Jezebel! You know, you evil demonic liar! I don't have to do that. I don't have to sit there and listen to him either. I'm sure as heck not going to grab hands and, and act like we're singing Kumbaya and we're praying to the same God. I ain't going to do it. I can't have unity. How do you have unity with someone who's calling the Holy Spirit, who is the, my paraclete? And he's, he's in, that the church and our church is influenced by demons. That's what's being taught. If you're Pentecostal, by some teachings that are called Christian. The miraculous ended with, with the apostles. That's what they teach. Show me a verse on that. There's not one. And all this stuff is demonic. And there's four. I, I watch great Bible teachers, great men that, that know the word, but they're ignorant. They're ignorant to the truth. They have these forums and people debates and they just sit there and slam other Christians. They slam the Pentecostal movements. They slam the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to say, I'm going to tell you flat out, you, sir, are inspired by demons. And it's just like the demonic to flip it and say, I'm inspired by demons. Do you see the same thing going on in the, the same spirit today outside the church operating in the church? It's the same spirit. You better stand up and resist that. Recoil to that. No, that's not the truth. I want no part of that. I am, I am not agree in agreement. And I can hear some of your minds. Well, what are you saying, Pastor? How the heck, what are we supposed to do with these people? I love you. God bless you. I do not agree with you. You deny the power of God, and I will not do that. You deny the power of the Holy Spirit. The, do you believe in it? No, I don't. Which Now, you cannot believe in it. Do you call that demonic? What's, what's inspired? Like, do you believe that... Even if you, I'm, I'm like way radical. If you believe that ended with the, the apostles, then you're saying what's happened in my life and what's happening in our church is not of God. I'm not okay with that. Don't call my family bastards. Are you hearing me? Like, I'm not okay with that. Especially when it's the power of the hour that is needed today. I wonder who doesn't want people to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. I wonder who don't want people to understand that there's more. I wonder who doesn't want people to get radically healed and set free and delivered. I wonder who doesn't want to know that there's a power greater that's been endued into me that will take demons out of people. I wonder who'd be behind that. Come on, guys. And we've been, we've been lied to and told for, I don't know how long, as Pentecostals, we're supposed to be the ones empowered, and we're curled up in the corner going, well, I, it's okay. You can, you can say whatever you want about, it's, you know, that we're demon-possessed, because I am not ashamed of the gospel. I am not ashamed of the Holy Spirit. I am not ashamed of the power of God. It is for setting us free and setting other people free. The church was birthed in Pentecost. The Holy Spirit was poured out in power, and they tried to squash it right from the start then. But Peter stood up, empowered with a full Holy Spirit, and said, you're the ones who killed him. Amen. And 3,000 people got saved. You better get bold. God ain't raising up a bunch of little girls. And don't get me wrong, ladies. I'm not against little girls. I'm just saying, men, it's time to man up. Women, it's time to woman up. 
No, it might not be your natural disposition. But I'll tell you what, the Holy Spirit ain't just a dove. Now, he will come as a dove, and he doesn't force himself on 